Well, thanks a lot, Justin. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We're sure glad you're here this morning. Um, today we're continuing our series of summer at Springbrook, and we're going to be looking at uh, some exciting things that happened uh, over in India at the beginning of this month for the last uh, for 10 days. I had an opportunity to do a vision trip there, and uh, it was just really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing uh, some of the things that we gleaned and learned while we were um, traveling throughout uh, India. Uh, today is part one of our Vision India. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have David Nelms uh, with us, who is the uh, president and the founder of uh, the Timothy Initiative. And so I had an opportunity to travel with David uh, through India, as well as we had our, our Converge Worldwide um, International Ministries um, vice president with us. Uh, Ivan was there, and then we had Gary uh, Rohrmeyer with um, our district. He's our district executive minister for our district. And so it was really neat just to get to uh, be able to move throughout that country with uh, just some key leaders of our movement and do some vision casting for how we can be a part of what God wants to do uh, to the very ends of the earth, which is really the basis for what our disciple-driven initiative um, was all about. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, um, it says this, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses where? Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the very ends of the earth. It's not one, it's not either or, it's all, it's and. It's, it's a comprehensive uh, mission that God has given us to be witnesses right here at home, in our region, in our country, and in our world. So we have a responsibility for telling everyone the good news about Jesus Christ. And it's really interesting when you kind of dissect this passage a little bit. Who's the you? You will receive power. Do you feel it? <laughs> That's you. If you have a relationship with Christ, you've been called into that relationship and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and that power that spoke creation into the universe is available to you for the purpose of being a witness. And you see, what happens is, is um, you know, if I were to ask you this morning if, if you have a relationship with Christ, if you're confident about, about your security in Christ and where you're going to spend eternity, and if you're confident about that relationship with Christ, then the Bible says is that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So if you have a relationship with Christ, um, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and indwells inside of you. And so in the life of a, of a person that does not have a relationship with Christ, or maybe that has questions or is exploring, um, in the book of John, in chapter 6, verse 44, um, Jesus is talking to um, some people that have gathered together, and he says, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him to me. And so the Spirit of God is external in the life of an individual as he draws them closer and closer into relationship with his son. And so, but that point that you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes on you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, he's no longer external, and the Bible says that you're going to have power come on you to be a witness, to share that story with other people around you. And so the you is you, and the, the, the mission is to be witnesses uh, throughout the world, and, but I want to talk about this idea of power you know, what is the power that comes on us? You know, I was thinking about uh, that word power in the Greek. It comes from the word uh, dunamis, which is actually where we get the word dynamite. And so it's dynamite power. And so I was working, I was playing around, looking at some issues with dynamite. And so I got, the, I got a dynamite kind of an illustration I was going to share. My family was watching me build this thing, and they thought, man, you are scary. 
So I'm walking around with my dynamite illustration, and, and they say, you can't take that to church. That is, you know, there's a do not, don't, don't bring a gun in the building. It doesn't say dynamite. And so I'm thinking, it's okay. And so I'm gonna, I brought my illustration with me. And so this is my dynamite. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Does anybody want to play with this? It's okay. It's not dangerous. Everything is fine as long as the little alarm doesn't go off, okay? Everything's fine as long as the alarm doesn't go off. Gosh! Boom! So that's my dynamite. The power that spoke creation into existence, the force of that power is inside you to be a witness. Is it scary to share your faith? Yeah, but you don't have to worry about it because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And He's going to give you power to be a witness to the very ends of the earth. It looks kind of like this. What does dynamite do? If that had been real dynamite, you know what this would have looked like on this stage? Power! <laughs> You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's what that Acts 1-8 passage is about. You know, we don't exist for ourselves. God has called us into a relationship with Himself for a purpose of being a witness so we can experience this kind of power in our life. You know, Acts 1-8 says you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. And that kind of summarizes the passage for our disciple-driven initiative. We want to be intentional about reaching our community for Christ, people that are have questions and want to engage and know more about God and the Bible. Discipleship begins when somebody has a heart for wanting to know more about God. Who are we supposed to be doing? Remember, uh, we're supposed to be, while you're going, make disciples and baptize them and teach them. And who do you baptize? You baptize people that make faith commitments. And who makes faith commitments? People that are exploring what a relationship with Christ looks like. So this process of discipleship begins with engaging people that are open and and want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ. It, it guides them through that, making that faith decision, and it, and it continues to grow them as they grow in obedience, and we teach them to obey, and surely Jesus will be with us to the end of the age. And so we exist for a purpose. And that disciple-driven initiative is such an exciting component of, of our ministry here at Springbrook, and it's been so exciting to see how God has just really honored um, your faithfulness. You know, we ask people to prayerfully make a commitment to Disciple Driven. We've raised over a half a million dollars uh, for our Disciple Driven initiative to enable us as a church and as a group of individuals to be effective at that vision. And so we've already had an opportunity to be effective in discipleship uh, with our Jerusalem. You know, our Jerusalem is right here. It's our neighborhood. It's your neighbor's It's you, it's this church family, it's the people in this community. And so a part of our Disciple Driven Initiative, we hired Laura Schweber as our Connections um, Director. And if you are new to Springbrook today, um, you're going to get some great information about Springbrook next week. You're going to get a phone call. And uh, we're going to try not to chase you out the door, but we want to make sure that you feel welcomed here and invited. You know, every person that comes through our door at Springbrook is a gift. You know, you are not here by accident. There's a lot of things that you could be doing with your time this morning, but God brought you here. And so every person that comes through our door is a treasure gift. And so we want to be faithful with that. So getting people connected to our ministry is important. And you're also going to get, if you're a first-time visitor, a coupon for a free coffee or dessert from our cafe because we want to encourage you to come back and bring somebody with you. We want to help you to get to know other people and, and get connected at Springbrook. And that is such an vital, important role about what it means to be the part of the body of Christ here. So we want to be effective at that. And we 
we also, as a part of our initiative, we're looking at how we can be more effective using social media and, and how can we be effective at being a witness in our community and engaging. And, and we've got the, uh, a new website that we're working on that we'll be formally launching in a couple of weeks. And Chris Green and, and uh, Christina Giron and, uh, Giron and then um, uh, Sarah Mason have been working diligently at that. And so it's been exciting to see that team start to form as we think about, you know, what kind of a face and how do we engage our culture in that way. So it's just a lot of exciting things happening in our Jerusalem. And we've been able to hire Beth Manzella, who's been working with Michelle Howe, as Justin mentioned, on this transition for making disciples in our children's ministry. And the, and the ramifications of that are huge. And it's going, to be, it's going to be felt throughout all of our different ministries as we engage kids in an age-appropriate way to help them to understand and to learn more about God in the, in the Bible. And so it's exciting to see what God's been doing in our Jerusalem. And then, as Justin mentioned, we went down to Lawndale, and we've already had a group that has had an opportunity to connect uh, with the men at Hope House. We're building bunk beds, and uh, we're really have an opportunity to engage in there. And so you can go to that, that Rev Level 8. Um, you can go to that web link. I'll take you right to the website. Or you can stop by, uh, talk to Justin about how you can participate in Lawndale. And then we've got the ends of the earth, which is India which is what I am just really excited about sharing with you this morning. And as I went out to uh, India, I asked several of you to uh, just to pray uh, for that trip. Did anybody have an opportunity to visit uh, the blog or the website? Did anybody track with all the... Oh, good, there's a couple of hands went up. That was a lot of work keeping that blog up to date. So if you guys want to check that out, you can still do that. Um, you can go to uh, was a, a tiny URL. It's uh, IndiaDD. And so you can check that blog out. But it was really exciting just to uh, be a part of that. And I was really praying that God would go before us as we engaged with district leaders and church planters. You know, it would really uh, enable me to uh, just to do some vision casting. And then more importantly, how do I engage and share that with our church family? And uh, it was just uh, really, God just really uh, answered and went before us uh, with our prayer. But we started down in South India, uh, down in Bangalore. And there's the link to that blog if you want to check it out. But, um, you know, it was interesting because one of the things I was praying about is I think we have a tendency in the West to think that we've got all the answers. And so I didn't want to show up as a, hey, I'm from the church in the U.S. and we're here to help you. I mean, because I tell you, there are some things that we can learn from the church in India. And so it was really an opportunity uh, for have to iron, kind of sharpen iron. I went there to, to serve them. How can we help you? How can we form a partnership? And so it was a, it was a learning process. It wasn't about just going there and sharing what we know, but it was about learning what they know and so that the body of Christ as a whole is made stronger, right? And so while I was there, God just really showed me some things uh, that, that, that would help us to be more effective at, at what it means to be witnesses to the very ends of the earth. And so I want to share with you this morning um, four principles, four requirements that we really need to live out in our church family, in our lives, if we're actually going to be an effective witness uh, to the very ends of the earth. And the first one is this. If we're going to be a, an effective witness to the very ends of the earth, we have to focus on sharing and multiplication. We have to focus on sharing our faith and multiplying uh, believers. And so we did this in two minutes in the first service. Actually, it was about three minutes. And so we're going to see if you guys can beat this. But inside these little tubs, there's enough bread for every single one of you to have one piece. Jesus said he's the bread of life. These are actually little communion wafers. And so there's enough in here for every single one of you to have one. And so I'm going to distribute these. We're going to see if we can get this to this whole congregation in less than three minutes. And so I've got the two, I've got some willing participants right here. Do you feel like helping handing these out? You've been entrusted with the bread of life. And so look behind you. All those people are hungry. And so Jesus says, you know, um, I'm going to entrust you and, and you're going to be a witness, right? And so you have to get all this bread to all these people. Now, you can try to do this by yourself, right? 
And it's going to take you a long time. But if I were you, and I wanted to get this done quickly, how are you going to multiply yourself? And so I'm going to give you a whole stack. And what's the first thing you're going to want to do? You're going to want to find somebody to help you. So I would give somebody half of those. And then I would go, what are you two going to do now? You guys are going to go find somebody else, right? You're going to say, here, you've got to help me get these things passed out. Can you do that? All right, so you pass one out, and then you give three of those to somebody else. Let's see how fast you can get these little pieces of bread passed out. While they're doing that, I want to look at this next passage with you. In uh, 1 Timothy. Go ahead and go to the next passage, Jen. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, You, my child. Who's the you? It's the believers. Paul's talking to Timothy. He's saying you. Being strengthened by the grace of, that is in you, that is Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. And trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You know, we have been entrusted, and so it's so easy sometimes for us to get an assignment like this. Raise your hand if this feels a little awkward. I mean, seriously, raise your hand. Is this awkward to anybody else? I guarantee you it was awkward to them when I first asked them. <laughs> if you got handed one of those little tubs, you're thinking, oh, man, this is, what is this? You guys were coming up on two minutes, man, so you guys are doing great. What this passage is saying is like, look, you can't do this alone. You need to find somebody else that can help you with this because the mission to the very ends of the earth is huge. If we're going to reach people in India, it's going to take more than one person doing it, right? I mean, we can't have one person going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. We need to multiply ourselves. And it is so easy for us to get our little bucket and say, okay, I got my bread. Ooh, this is, this is awkward having to share bread. Or, ooh, I don't... We're going to take three minutes doing this. This is a part of a service. We're going to take three minutes of a service to, to illustrate, you know, the importance of making time for this process to play itself out. How are you guys doing? Everybody got one? Who's missing one? Raise your hand if you're missing one. All right. Hey, give those guys a hand. <laughs> I want to tell you something. That illustration in this passage is at the very heart of what God wants us to be doing. We are not our own. We have been bought at a price. We have been given a spiritual gift, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of building up the body of Christ. Our vision and our mission is to not just keep this good news to ourselves, but to share it with other people. And that is contrary to what happens inside of us. It's difficult to share my faith. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? It's really easy for us to get comfortable with who we are and say, okay, we're good enough. It's comfortable for churches to start to forget about the importance of mission to the community. It's important for churches to forget about the ends of the earth. That's over on the other side of the world in India. Who's, what's going on over there? I mean, it's really easy to forget as a church. It's easy to forget as a small group. I mean, you might get in a small group and I build relationships with these people. I cry with these people and then you want me to leave the group? The group, it's painful. It's difficult for us to share our faith because of the issues of what they're going to think about in our workplace and just think about the last time you shared your faith and, and just the encounter that and what that process looks like. Or maybe you haven't shared your faith because it's hard. This is hard. But it is at the very heart of what God's called us to do. And this is not just an issue for India. This is an issue for our Jerusalem and our Judea and our Samaria. If we're going to be effective at being witnesses, if we want to tap into the, the power, this explosive power that's available to us, you know, we have to tap into the Holy Spirit in our life. We have to be secure in who we are in Christ. And we really have to understand the importance of what God's call is 
on us for us to share our faith and to multiply ourselves. You know, when we were walking through uh, India, I had the opportunity to talk to some of these district leaders. Um, one man, and, and all these guys, there, there's no transfer growth. There's not, there's not this, well, I, I'm going from this church to this church. Every one of these men came out of a Hindu background or uh, were far from God, didn't know who God was. Every single person that I encountered was a person that had come to faith and had left a family background or had some tragedy, has been facing some persecution. These guys are coming to Christ one at a time, and they're witnessing and they're winning people one at a time. And so if I, and as a Timothy, I start off using the TTI material that we're going to talk a little bit about. The Timothy Initiative is a, is a 10-book series. It's, it's about how to handle God's Word. It looks at homo, how do you study God's Word it looks at an Old Testament survey, a New Testament survey, systematic theology. You know, what does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ? And so there's these ten different curriculums that, that a guy will go through. And as he's studying, one of the, one of the requirements is, is if you want to be a part of this program, you're the Timothy. You have to go find two Tituses that you're going to multiply. So you have to invest in somebody else. And so if I'm a guy and I'm working through this material, by the time I get to book four, if I want to be a part of this continuing education, I have to go find two Timothys. And so I have to go over here and I have to find two guys that don't know Christ. And I have to share my faith with them. They make a faith commitment. I invite them into this journey with me. I start studying the Bible with me. And now it's me as a, as a Timothy inviting these two Tituses onto this journey. And so if I want to continue in this process, these two guys then are going to go through book one, while I'm going through book four and five. And so you see how it works. And so while I'm, while I'm moving through this material, I'm bringing these two guys through their material as well. And at the end of the material, in order for you to get your certification, you have to start a new church. And so you have to have your two guys. You have to have a, a service where you're getting together and, and you're worshiping and you're teaching. And so in order for you to graduate through this material, you have to have a church plant you have to have started a church and you have to have two guys that you've invested in. And if you've done that, then, then you're officially a church. There's 20,000 of these out there. And so what happens is, as I'm bringing my Titus along with me, as I'm finishing my curriculum, guess what? My two guys underneath me are on book four. And you know what their assignment is? You have to go find two guys if you want to continue with me that you can start to invest your life in. And so I invest in two. And then they invest in two. And then they start, as they get through their material... These other two guys have all found their two guys. You see how this works? It's me sharing my faith with two others. Two becomes four. Four becomes eight. Eight becomes 16. These guys have got 20, 30, 40 churches that they're working with just in this little nucleus of a community because they've built multiplication and sharing their faith into their process. And, and lives are being transformed. People are leaving these false gods. And people are coming to faith. And I got together with these leaders. It was just amazing to listen to their stories. These guys have all multiplied churches. And they've all faced persecution. And they've been shunned. And they've been beaten. They've been thrown. When we were visiting churches, we had to kind of go under the radar. Because they, you know, we were really careful about, you know, when you get a tall white guy walking through India, you know, it's kind of obvious. And so, you know, it was, it was interesting to listen to these guys' stories. It was fascinating. And, and what happens is at the end, this guy that really started it all might have 30, 40 people underneath him. And so he becomes a district leader working with this whole group of churches. And so these are all district leaders. Every single one of these guys has multiplied at least 10, 20 churches. And so we got together. How do you support a network like that? You know, how do you, how do you pray for them? How do you encourage them? And so we've got a coaching network kind of like this at Springbrook. If you're a small group leader, you have a coach. 
And so we've got uh, eight coaches and we've got 25 small group leaders. And you know, part of the dynamic is as coaches, we encourage our small group leaders. Well, these district leaders are encouraging their church planters. And so, you know, some of the things that, you know, I've been working on with our small group network had direct application. And so I got together with these guys and we were talking about leadership development and prayer and how do you, how do you stay focused on the mission that God's uh, got for you. And so it was just so exciting to be able to share with them. And then we went and visited some of the churches in their area. And, uh, you know, this next slide, we just got a couple of pics of some of those churches. Um, you know, this church down at the bottom, it's outside a guy's home. We had to wait for the church service to start. A cow had given birth to a calf. <laughs> These people up at the top, I'm not kidding you. We, we were moving through. The traffic was horrendous. We were late. We were an hour late. We were an hour late. And we got there and everybody stood up and they greeted us. And, and we, I, got to, I, got, I, got, I got to teach at every church we went to. It was fantastic. But would show up. How many of you would wait an hour? If I was an hour late this morning, would you wait an hour for me? <laughs> it was unbelievable. These people were thirsty for God. They wanted to know more. They were, it, was just, it was just so exhilarating to be around. You know, I think the second principle, we have to make sure we're focused on, on uh, sharing our faith and multiplication. The second, the second uh, requirement, the second principle, if we're going to be effective witnesses to the end of the earth, we've got to have a deep desire to know God. You know, there's so many things that distract us. I can tell you right after I get done this morning, we get to go do the church planning picnic thing. I've got my kids. Um, I'm hoping to get to go out to lunch with them. My daughter Katie just came back from a mission trip from Mexico, and so I'm not sure if I'm going to, or New Mexico, I'm not sure if I'm going to see her. I mean, my day is full for the afternoon, and so I've got my day planned out. Anybody else know what they're doing today? I mean, we just, we just pack our calendars. I walked into, I don't know how many homes, I did not see one TV. And not one. I did not see a television set while I was there. I mean, it was amazing when you get around people that are not distracted and, and it's it is their desire just to know more of God. You know, if we're going to be effective at being witnesses in our own community, we've got to make time for the people around us. You have to make time. You have to make time for conversations. I have to make time to talk to my neighbors. I have to make time to talk to people in my church. I have to make time for people in you know, my small group. We have to make time for one another. And what binds us together is this desire to want to know more about God and the Bible and his plan for our life. And we have to be able to do that. In this next passage, um, David's writing, the psalmist writes, as a deer pants for the, for the flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Do you get a, that, just that desire to want to know more about God and his plan and the relationship with him? Now, if we look at this next um, slide, you know, we had an opportunity to, um, to visit um, go, uh, a couple other churches in the area. Um, we had an opportunity to visit a church plant in a leper colony. And uh, you know, my wife and our leprosy is actually curable. Um, you know, unfortunately, from a cultural perspective, uh, when you get leprosy, man, you are, you're just, you're out. It's kind of like an Old Testament kind of a scene. And, and uh, there's a part of this um, area of the country that is just got a wall built around it. And uh, it's got these gates you see up on the left-hand corner. There's a lock with a chain around it. You can't get in and you can't get out. And so um, they, you, you cannot kind of open it. And so people kind of go in and out. I mean, obviously, we were really good in there. But... Um, but if you come out of there with leprosy, man, you are in big trouble. They do not want people coming out of there. This poor guy uh, down on the right had lost his leg. He lost his wife several years ago. He's been in this colony for uh, 30, I think you said between 30 and 40 years. He's never been out. Never been out. 
know, they have to provide for themselves. I mean, you put this many people in a colony like that, where, where's the food and the groceries come from? And, you know, how, do, how does that sustain itself? And, you know, there's a pastor in there with a church plant. He's in there talking to people about Christ. He's investing in the lives of two other men, and, and they're bringing the hope of Christ into a community where they can have an impact and meet their needs spiritually as well as physically. It was fascinating to be around. And this, this lady came up after me, and she had a heart condition. And, and um, I, I'm not, I, just the, the, the needs were just so overwhelming. I was, I was really struggling with the picture taking, you know, because, you know, part of me wanted to capture that. I wanted to be able to share that with our church family. But it was so hard. How do you take a picture when you're walking around extreme poverty. I was looking at that building and I thought, you know, you've got the building, you can't see it there very clearly, but it's a gorgeous building. It's like, you know, we in the U.S., we'd, we'd try to duplicate that. It's got the exposed brick and I'm thinking, man, there's just, there's, there was such a disconnect mentally for me as I was walking through there and just, you know, looking at this community and, and it was just really hard for me to process. But I think the thing that I just kept coming back to was just, you know, the openness of people to, uh, to want to know more about God, His plan for them, and go to this next slide. We went up to a slum ministry, and the picture on the upper left is me standing in front of a church in a slum. You know, imagine your neighborhood, maybe uh, you know, a couple block radius, drop 50,000 people in there, and uh, and they're self-contained, they're on their own, they don't come out. You know, there's a church plant in there, you can't see it, but on the front of the pulpit it says the kingdom of heaven. There's a pastor in there that's talking to people about the need for a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he's he's witnessing the people. And he's, he's got this church started, and uh, he's right in the middle of the slum ministry. And I, you know, as you're walking through these kids, I mean, they just, they just, what are you here for? Why are you here? And so just the opportunity to say, look, man, I'm from the other part of the world, and, and you're not alone. You know, we're praying for you. Um, we want to, you know, partner uh, with a ministry uh, to help people understand their need for a relationship with Christ. And this poor little guy in the left-hand corner, I'd talk about a fallen Talk about a fallen world. I, I don't know what goes through people's minds. There's, you know, we were staying there. There was a kid came through in a car. People drive in from the community, and they race through these um, slum ministries, I guess, you know, just to watch people scatter. I mean, I just what, what goes through the mind of a person that they think it would be funny to drive through a crowd? And, and this poor little guy got hit by a car, and, and, uh, and I don't know how they got him to a hospital. He bitterly, I got care, and I, they were praying for him, and... I mean, we were just praying for these people. The desperation was just amazing. But, but, but in spite of their circumstances, the desire and their interest in, in, in knowing more about Christ was just overwhelming. It was just absolutely overwhelming. And so if we're going to be effective at being a witness there, we, we've, got to, we've got to take seriously the, the, the responsibility to share our faith and to multiply. And we have to have a deep desire for what God has for us in circumstances like this. And then the third thing that we need to really think through is, is having, having genuine faith. You know, I think there's a sense that, you know, there's a consumer Christianity that just kind of inbreeds, uh, I think, um, our culture. And there's a, there's a dynamic that just says, well, if I don't like what's going on at this church, I'll go to this one. Or um, I don't have to worry about sharing my faith. You know, somewhere along the lines, people will, you know, will get it. But, you know, if we're going to have a real impact, we want to have that power to be an effective witness, we've got to take seriously the call that God's given us and take seriously the hope that we have in Christ. Our faith has got to be genuine. I was looking at, uh, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me 
to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and to, and to recovering the sight to the blind, to set liberty on those that are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and Jesus passes this ministry on to us as well. And so we have a responsibility to, to bring the good news to the poor. And I'm walking down through here, and all I can do is visually see this. I mean, what does it mean to bring the good news to the poor? And it might be physically poor, it might be spiritually poor, or emotionally poor, um, but we have a responsibility to make ourselves available to those that, that are open to the, having these kind of conversations. It's just, it's critical if we're going to be an effective witness. If you look at this um, next uh, slide, you know, we had an opportunity to go up into uh, northern India, up into uh, Delhi and around Haryana, and then down into a Bitar, down to Panta. And northern uh, India is just, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's desperate poverty. And um, we had an opportunity to go up there and do some networking on this next slide. Um, we, have, uh, uh, we have an opportunity to partner with a guy. Uh, he's uh, C.V. Um, uh, Badavana. He's the uh, founder uh, and president of Scientium uh, Ministries, which is, um, means um, uh, uh, truth in uh, Hindi. And so Scientium Ministries is working with these different schools. He's got a slum ministry. Um, he's got you know, a school ministry. He's actually started um, a school, a seminary. Um, he's got a wheelchair program. And so that ministry has been effective really up in the north at starting these Bible training centers. And so those, that group of guys there, all those guys are studying to be pastors. And so we went up there to introduce uh, the Timothy Initiative material with them. And so they're going to be um, looking at that. You know, And then... Um, uh, and then he's got a relationship with a guy named uh, Shonda uh, Prasad. They call him CP. Um, he is actually the principal of this school. He's actually also a pastor, and so he's got a church plant, and so he's a pastor of a church there. And so we want to partner with these guys to see a spread of these new churches started up in northern India. And so um, there's an existing ministry that we have an opportunity to partner with, uh, and we hope to plant at least 25 churches um, with these guys over the next uh, year, two years. And so... Um, you know, we've just started networking and building those relationships. I am just, I'm really excited about what that's going to look like. We also have an opportunity to go to this next slide to partner with the Timothy Initiative themselves as an organization have got relationships with uh, people all throughout northern India. And so um, uh, Ivan with uh, Converge there is talking to some other pastors over on the right. These are just pastor leaders in the community that have churches about the opportunity we have to come alongside them and serve them. And so basically what we'll do, and David will talk a little bit more about this next week, is we purchased the, the material for them, and then we, we're, we're paying for the relationships and the stipends for these district leaders. And so we're supporting this network of um, churches that are going to just start to explode in this area. And so we have an, there's pastors that are waiting for us um, to come alongside to start to partner with them. And so we'll have an opportunity to plant um, 75 churches directly with uh, TTI uh, through their network that's already uh, in place there now. You know, we've got a, uh, we went, visited a local school. I was talking to these kids, and I was sharing my faith story with them, and I said, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I uh, did not have a relationship with Christ growing up, and I didn't have any of my family members. We really didn't talk about our relationship with Christ, and I, I was uh, in healthcare. I said I knew probably 500 people. I said I really didn't know anybody had a relationship with Christ apart from my wife when I got married, and, and uh I was just sharing with them. I made a faith commitment when I was 33, and all of a sudden they started talking to each other and muddling, and, and the, the guy next to me said, he said, you made a faith commitment when you were 33? I said, yeah. And he goes, you know that many people that don't have a relationship with Christ? And he said, yeah. And he goes, we thought everybody in the U.S. were Christians. Wow. We have more non-Christians in this country than any other country in the world except for India and China. 
When you get out of church today, when you get in your workplace tomorrow, I want to ask you, ask somebody if you have a relationship with Christ. Talk to people about your relationship with Christ. We've got a problem right here in our own Jerusalem. And so we have a responsibility to our Jerusalem, to our Judea, to our Samaria. And so one of the lessons I really learned of, of, as I was walking through this is, man, we've got to take our, we've got to take our faith seriously. And we've, got to, we've got to be committed to what God wants us to do. We have got to be committed to the call that God's given us to build passionate followers here at Springwood. You know, you and I have to be committed to what God wants to do in and through us together. Discipleship, the disciple driven was a call, a commitment for us as a church family to say we want to be intentional about reaching our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria to the very ends of the earth. And, 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 and these four things, as I was kind of pondering them, you know, we need to be effective at, at, at these four things if we're going to be effective in India. But you know what? We've got to be effective at these if we want to be effective at home. We have got to take seriously the fact that we need to be sharing our faith. We've got to multiply ourselves. If we don't, the gospel's not going to go out with power and lives are not going to be changed and we're going to be a part of the problem. We have to have a deeper desire to know God and we have to have a genuine faith and we have to be committed to the body of Christ. We have to a call to a renewed commitment to who we are in Christ and what He wants to accomplish. And if we can do these four things, we'll explode. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And we'll be witnesses throughout the world. And so this morning, as you look through these things, you know, um, I want to encourage you to maybe pick one. I think, you know, it was interesting because as I was kind of processing through our time together, every church, every conversation I had, I had an opportunity to talk to people about the relationship with Christ. And I, you know, part of me, just God stirred my heart for India and it gave me a renewed passion uh, for a vision for what it means to be in a witness in Judea, Judea, Samaria, you know, the very ends of the earth. And I thought, you know what? I thought there are there are uh, maybe some of you here this morning that um, that don't have a relationship with Christ. You know, statistically, uh, you know, statistically, thirty uh, percent of the people don't. <laughs> and so, if I were to ask you this morning to raise your hand, if you are confident in knowing that you are, if you're secure in who you are in Christ, if you know where you're going, if you died tomorrow, if you had to make out your will tomorrow. Are you confident in where you're headed? I mean, do you have the security of knowing what it means to have a relationship with Christ? I don't need to go to India to talk to people about Christ. We need that message right here this morning. And it would be a shame if anybody walked out of here this morning not having had the opportunity to respond to that hope. If you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, you don't have this power. This probably might not make sense. It may. You know, there's a social part of this that makes sense. But apart from a relationship with Christ, none of these things happen. And so this, I want to ask you this morning, if, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, if you are not secure in your faith in Christ this morning, make a commitment. You know, Jesus is our Savior. He's also our Lord. We talk to Him through prayer. We listen to Him through the Bible. Just talking and, and listening is such an important part of how we build our relationship with God. And if, if you don't know what that looks like, or if, if you're not clear about the fact that you are secure in your relationship with Christ, I want, to, I want the opportunity to pray with you this morning. Our prayer team is going to come up at the end of our service this morning. And uh, we would love the opportunity to help you to make a commitment and to be secure in your own mind about your relationship with Christ. Wouldn't that be a shame if I went over to India and talked to all those people about Christ and then came home and didn't do that here? 
We all need to be secure in who we are in Christ. And if you don't have that this morning, um, our, our prayer team is going to come forward. I want to pray with you. Or, or maybe you've made that faith commitment and you just you want more of this power in your life. You know, maybe you want to lift one of these areas up and say, hey, you know, I, I need you to pray for me. I, can, I have a deeper desire to know God more. That, that multiplication and sharing my faith would be on my heart. Or you know what, I've been living complacently. Or maybe I just need to increase my commitment. You know, pick one of these areas and let us pray for you this morning that God would increase your power in that area of your life this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you that you have um, seen fit in your good and perfect plan uh, to call those that you've foreknown into a relationship with yourself. God, no one comes to the Son unless you draw them. And so I just pray that you would draw us this morning to you. Uh, God, uh, for those that are questioning or want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, I pray that the Holy Spirit would not be something that's external, drawing them in, but that today would be the day that they cross that line of faith and that they would step out in faith and ask you into their life so they can experience some of the things that we're talking about this morning. And I know just in my own life there are so many things that buy and compete and want my time, and it is so so easy to be distracted. God, I pray that you would increase my desire to know you more. And so, God, I just pray for each of us that we would be able to experience the full life that Jesus promises in John 10.10, that we'd be able to experience the fullness of life, we'd be able to experience the the fullness of power uh, that's promised in Acts 1.8, that we'd be able to experience the fullness of what it means to have our identity rooted and secure in who you are. So, God, I just thank you for the work that you're doing in and through this local body of Christ, for the opportunity that we have to be uh, an effective witness for your glory in our community. Uh, in this area of Huntley, Lake on the Hills. I thank you for the opportunity we have the, to be down in Lawndale and Chicago. I thank you for our conference of churches that is committed to reaching our community for Christ and reaching this world for Christ and you know throughout the U.S. and just for the commitment and the opportunity we have to be a part of what you're doing in the other part of the world. God is just a huge world, man. And uh, these things, none of these things can be accomplished apart from you. And, and so, God, we just want to set ourselves apart for you this morning. I just pray that you would strengthen us and encourage us. Uh, God, we've got um, just a great hope. We've got good news to share with others. Help us to be able to get that word out. And uh, God, thank you for this morning you've given us. I look forward to the great things you're going to continue to do. Uh, We lift this day up to you for your glory in Christ's name. Amen.